apparently it delights God that you and I smell like love, that we smell like unity, that we smell like mutual care, like we, that we smell like neighborliness, that we smell like generosity. Apparently that makes God smile. And so then we have to stand before our loving God who loves us and loves the world and explain our hatefulness. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm Melissa Rao, your host, and Bishop Wright and I are having a conversation based on Four Faith, a weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. Hey, hey, Bishop. Hey, hey. Uh, Beautiful is what you named this week's devotion. Yeah. Based on Psalm 133, it's an ode to the complex American family you believe us to be. Yep. Family being yes. a key word. <laughs> yeah. And you dropped another big word, dignity. Yeah. And so treating all people with dignity and respect is a part of our baptismal promises in the Episcopal tradition. What does dignity mean to you? Oh my God. Uh let's just start off with the with the easy stuff, well, huh? So, well, I mean, when I'm speaking of dignity, I'm I'm saying that. You and I and every other human being uh, has uh, uh, is made in the image of God, right? So we that's where we start. We start off with I'm made in the image of God. I have inherent worth, value. Uh, I I am something beautiful because a beautiful God made me just the way a beautiful God made you. I am complex, I am full of flaws, uh, and, and so are you. And at the same time, uh, we are the possessors of an amazing belovedness uh, that comes through you know, not only our own Christian scripture, but the Jewish scripture and most other holy books. And so uh, if we zoom out, we can say that there is something about being human uh, that, that is special. And, uh, and that we are endowed, even, even our, 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 uh, our framers, we are endowed by our creator. And so that endowment, that legacy, that heritage is about the fact that um, uh, I am made of God and so are you. And that is the floor height of how we treat one another. And so I want to get there. I want to affirm that. Uh, and also, you know, I want to I talk about dignity because it immediately puts me side by side with other brothers and sisters who don't come at this from a faith standpoint. They come at it from a more of a humanist standpoint. So if we can all agree that there's something about human beings that we have to be caretakers of and that we have to tend to and that we have to continue to assert, uh, then, uh, then I'm glad to use the word dignity because it creates many more conversation partners yeah. than, quote, religion, unquote, narrowly said, narrowly understood. Well, all right. And the big other big word was unity. Yeah. So I recently, I, I think uh, within the last two years, I took a class, a course, a, a three-month kind of um, series of cultural competency training. And one thing that I did learn is that in order to respect the dignity is respect matters, but it's not just looking about what we have in common, but it's also fully embracing what we have not in common, you know, our differences. 
and and I'm also mindful of respecting uh, individual cultures. So I'm wondering, is there a fine line between celebrating the diversity that is represented among our earthly family? And what does cultural appropriation mean to you? Good Lord, you are really pushing the envelope today here. So I guess where, where I want to start before we get way down that road is where, what I want to start is, is, so we're having this conversation because, uh, you know, it's June and it's Pride Month where we're celebrating LGBTQIA brothers and sisters, right? We're celebrating them. Uh, you know, as I used, uh, you know, in the, in the meditation, you know, more and more, uh, we're welcoming, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, you know, formerly relegated to the corners and the shadows of our, of our national life. We're welcoming them into the, what I call the warm sunshine of visibility and affirmation. So, you know, here we go. Let's do that. Let's do more of that. Uh, let's affirm people, right? But but more than that, or in addition to that, I would say, not more, but in addition to that, I would say, uh, also we're celebrating Juneteenth, right? And so Juneteenth is when the good news of the Emancipation Proclamation finally makes it over to Texas and everybody finally realizes, uh, you know, um, Abraham Lincoln's wonderful poetry that simply affirms the fact that we were never meant to be enslaved anyway and that, you know, enslaving any human being is aberrant, uh, and so we, we, we need to embark on a new journey as a, as a nation, uh, indivisible under God. So, so I want to celebrate both of those things, and they're right in front of us to celebrate, as well as Father's Day. Shout out to all my fathers uh, uh, and, and even to my mothers who have to stand in the gap and be fathers sometimes. Shout out to you. Um, so I want to talk about, if we're going to talk about dignity, we're going to use our language and we say respect. And respect in the Latin word just means to look again to look again, to look again, to look again. My wife is somewhere laughing because she wrote a book called Dignity and she uses uh, Dignity as an acronym. Uh, so it's a lens through which uh, institutions can begin to take do some self-inventory and to find out the gap between what they say, uh, they who they say they are and who they actually are in terms of you know, practicing these important things. Is everybody welcomed into the spotlight? Is everybody welcomed into the microphone? Are we affirming all of God's family? That sort of thing. So, so before I get to any kind of conversation about cultural appropriation, which, you know, that's sort of not my bailiwick, I, I want to talk a lot about the fact that we are called to look again, to look again, to look again, to look again. And as we grow up in grace and as we grow up in the full stature of Christ, to look again at each other through the eyes of Christ. And so one of the most daunting things I ever heard and, and stays with me all the time is that the very people that you and I hate or struggle to love is the beloved of God. And I think about this in the midst of having arguments with people. And so arguments are things that happen all the time, right? We disagree and we should, and there's integrity in that. But contempt, right, uh, is another thing. Uh, and so in finding, you know, we talked about this last week and to, and to, you know, frame conversations that are not respectful, right, is, uh, is, is, uh, is also us off the rails and not our better self. Look, Jesus is very clear you know, being a Jew, he's very clear that the whole thing hangs together very simply. Love God with heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love neighbor as self, right? That's where it is. And so, as I said at the end of the meditation, right, I find, right, that when I celebrate your wonderfulness, right, I'm not diminished, right? There's enough wonderfulness to go around. This is the marvel of God. And so, in some ways, whenever we're talking about celebrating each other, 
we're really talking about celebrating God, the genius of God. And so when I think about diversity, I don't think about it in some sort of sad, you know, politically correct kind of thing. I think about the fact that this genius God decided to make you, Melissa, and decided to make me rob. And that has all the hairs on my head numbered as well as yours and uh, knows and loves me from my head top to my foot bottom, uh, as we say in Patois. And so, so when I think about that, that establishes the floor height for our interaction, right? And so I think where we go off the rails in this is we, number one, we in the religious community think we got to be God's lawyers and we don't. Right. Jesus never said, be my lawyer. Jesus never said arbitrate. He said, love neighbor as self. That's what he said. Uh, and, you know, also in this implicit in this meditation is recognizing that on many occasions, historically and perhaps for some of us right now, we are diminishing one another. We are actively diminishing one another through omission and commission. And you got to name it. And so we don't have to slip into, we don't have to be seduced to slip into sort of shame and guilt because of that. We just realize that is part of what it means to be a human being. We miss the mark. And so I, I'm immensely help, hopeful when I think about all this because it doesn't get me stuck. Uh, it constantly challenges me to look at myself as beloved as well as you being beloved. And there's enough belovedness around, so we don't. We're not being, you know, we're not sort of, uh, you know, measuring it out. So you get three ounces and I get four ounces, or vice versa. No, in God's economy, there's enough. So that's what I want. That's what I think is beautiful. If we think about how God thinks about one about you and I, then that really is the impetus of how to go forward. Sorry for that long answer. I think it was great. And friends, we'll be right back after a short break. 1 John 4, 7 Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Beloved is a new series from the Office of Communications here in the Diocese of Atlanta. It's a story-sharing series of God's Beloved. They're stories of love, belonging, and seeing God in the world. Sharitha's story is available now. You can read more and watch at episcopalatlanta.org forward slash beloved. You can keep up with four people on IG and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to four people. Welcome back to four people. So Bishop, June obviously is an important month of celebration. You kind of named that in your devotion. Uh, it's the month we celebrate Juneteenth. Um, and racism and homophobia are real. And rampant, yeah. Yeah, and it, so it got me thinking, how does Bishop Wright directly combat hate when he encounters it? Yeah. Like, what do you, well, well I hear, like, like, follow up. What do you say or have you said to people who overtly bash LGBTQ plus people? Yeah. Well, that doesn't happen so much in my midst. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of on the record, have been on the record for a very long time, so if people are thinking those thoughts in my midst, they sort of either mumble them or keep them to them to themselves. What I try to do, what I'm trying to do with this forum, uh, with preaching, um, you know, with writing, et cetera, is I'm, I'm trying, you know, I hate hate, if that makes any sense. I hate hate. Uh, it makes no logical sense. 
uh, it certainly makes no spiritual sense um, to hate one another. And so I hate hate. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to tear it down, you know, 150 word meditation at a time, one 26 minute podcast at a time, one, you know, 25 minute sermon at a time. I'm trying to do my best to, to demonstrate for folks how illogical it is and how it corrodes the soul of not only uh, the, the ones who are being hated, but also the hater. No one wins in hate. No one wins in hate. It's, it's, a, it's a poison. Uh, no one wins. You can't sustain uh, any meaningful mo- movement with it. I mean, it, you know, movements will, will rise, but they, they'll ultimately crash and burn because hate is an inferior substance. Right. It's just pure poison. And so but we are tempted to it because upstream of hate is fear, fear. And so people will always be afraid and especially afraid of other. And so some people are are afraid of LGBTQIA people. Some people continue to be afraid of African-Americans in this country. The people in uh, in Charlottesville uh, um, yeah. And Charlottesville said uh, they didn't say we hate blacks. They didn't say we hate Jews. They said we will not be replaced. So they, they, they made it real clear. Um, just in Idaho the other day, a U-Haul truck full of white brothers uh, dressed in neo sort of army gear, neo Nazi gear were on their way, uh, you know, to God only knows what to an LGD, uh, you know, a gay and lesbian uh, uh, celebration. Thank God for some neighbor who saw him packing in the truck and called the police. Thank God for that. Um, and so, so upstream of hate is fear. And so we really have to ask ourselves, what are we afraid of and why? Which gets way down deep into our own guts about the whole thing. Um, but this is why Jesus, you know, when he talks about loving neighbor, this is not some sentimentality. Right. This is about trying to love uh, as we are loved by God. Right. And there's no message from God that that my skin is bad or my hair is bad or my nose is too narrow. or My nose is too broad. And there's no message, you know, in our American family that now white people are evil or, or bad, et cetera. And, the, you know, so, I mean, we've done these terrible things to each other. And they have consequences. And so now what we're being asked to do right now with this moment in this season is to overcome hate with love. And, you know, my I get to talk and other people get to legislate and some people sit on a bench and other people get to create economic structures and some people get to be nurses and doctors. But we've got to take this on because look what it's doing to us. Uvalde is hate. Uh, You know, Buffalo is hate. And it goes on and on and on and on. I'm, I'm going back to that word unity, right? Because that's really the point of, I think, one, uh, of Psalm 133. Right. And I was also thinking about the word beautiful, because some would say that beautiful is a subjective term. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure it is. But what seems to be beautiful to God is you and I dwelling together as brothers and sisters. In fact, the psalmist says that it's like a fragrant oil. And so uh, apparently it delights God that you and I smell like love, that we smell like unity, that we smell like mutual care, like we, that we smell like neighborliness, that we smell like generosity. Apparently that makes God smile. So, so when I'm using the word beautiful, it's not, it's not Rob. I mean, it is beautiful in my sight, 
right? And we who love God are supposed to at some point become, you know, people who love what God loves. I mean, that's the journey, right? Is is that I love God, and therefore, if I love God, stretch that over time and development and growth, then that means I'm going to start loving the things which my God loves. And if my God loves everybody, and if Jesus says, you know, if the Bible says, you know, that Jesus is coming to the world for all, then all means all, right? And so then we have to stand before our loving God who loves us and loves the world and explain our hatefulness. How about that question? How about that conversation? Well, that's a conversation I'd love to get into because the reality is, I don't know that there are, well, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I was like, yes, absolutely. And yet I have, and yet <laughs> I've encountered people who would absolutely 100% disagree with you and use the Bible to do it. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. And so I, oh, absolutely. That's what I'm at. Like, what do we do when we encounter that? How, how do people who want to love fully and when they say all means all, especially in unity, how do we begin having those conversations with people? Yeah. I mean, if, if, you, if, you're, if your main point there is, is to say that there are places in the Bible where there's been xenophobia, uh, when, when hate has been religiously justified, then of course uh, it's been, you know, in some parts, I mean, the Bible is many things. We have to remember that in some, in some parts, it is partisan. Right. It is it is a partisan uh, document or a partisan. Uh, uh, there are partisan stories and vignettes, et cetera. Of course, that is true. But when we read uh, from cover to cover and when we dig down deeply, what we realize is, is that the Bible is just like you and I, terribly flawed. And if we continue to read and at some great depth, what we realize is that what delights this God again and again and again is for you and I to be bigger in our spirits, in our minds, in our hearts, then we start off. And to gain this um, magnanimity, to gain this sort of spiritual size, if you will, um, we have to love neighbor. I mean, it is clear in Scripture with all of its sort of um, uh, warts that the love of God and the love of neighbor is sacrosanct straight through. Right. That that continues to be. And so what the Bible does in some terrible parts is, is that it's it seeks to, as we have done in America, it seeks to exclude people from the category of neighbor. Right. And when we do that as a human as, as a human race and we've done that historically and when we've done this in this country, we cause pure hell. And this is what we're this is what we have done. This is implicit in Pride Month and this is implicit in Juneteenth, is it not? Right. So. So, but nevertheless, nevertheless, this love ethic, right, that comes to us from a Bible that has its flaws is its redeeming peace. And it's clear to us, Jesus comes not as the rule keeper, right? Not as the guy who wants to secure people, but they, you know, he comes as the one who finds a way to include all kinds of neighbors. And, you know, I love, I love how, uh, you know, Will Willimon says this, you know, and they tried to shut him up. That's what Good Friday is. Good Friday is shut up, Jesus. Enough already with this neighborliness. Enough already with this generosity crap. We got empire to build here. We got people to exclude, right? We got we got people to sort of privilege and other and other people to sort of uh to steal privilege from. Shut up, Jesus, you know, 
and hang him up on the cross publicly, put him in the ground and put a rock over it with a guard. Shut up already, right? And Jesus breaks out and you know the story. So so for all of its flaws, and it has many, uh, the, the, the central message and the, and the golden cord through the whole thing is crystal clear. And that is, I belong to you and you belong to me and we belong to each other and all of us belong to God. And somehow God looks into us and the, in, in the midst of the grotesque things that we do to each other and that we do to ourselves, God has hope in us. Amen. Well, Bishop, I know I'm joining you and wishing everybody a happy, happy pride. Yeah. On Juneteenth. Um, yeah. And a happy Father's Day and all the other celebrations that I know you put in your devotion. Amen. Listeners, thank you for listening to Four People. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week.